Good morning. As you can see, uh, I'm a post-it guy. I write a lot of the stuff I have to do uh, on post-it notes. I start getting concerned, though, when the wood on my desk is replaced by yellow paper. Um, And so we're beginning this morning and going to spend four weeks looking at um, stress, uplifting, yeah, Um, but really how God provides all that we need to deal with the stress uh, that we face in our life. Um, today we're specifically going to look at, at worry and how God helps us in the midst of our worry and the things that are weighing us down, that are heavy on our heart, that just make life rough at times. And believe it or not, God cares about the big things in your life that cause worry, the little things, and, and really everything in between. Um, this week I was kind of thinking through all the different things that that can cause stress. Um, one of the things that really bothers me um, that actually does create stress is you ever tried to call one of those automated uh, telephone place, you know, and, and you can't put a number in. You actually have to say what you want. And maybe it's because I'm like half British, but they can never understand my voice. You know, I, I call and it's like I want to talk to billing because that's always why you call. Because what did you do with my money? And billing. I'm sorry. I did not understand that. Billing. Technical services. Transferring you now. Then you get to this other department. You get to another department. And then they just finally just. I'm sorry. Please call back. When you could tell us what you want. You know. And you just hang up the phone. And take a little breath. Um. You know, that, that's, that's a minor thing, but we, we face big things in, in our relationships. Uh, we're worried sometimes about the status of the relationship. Um, am I being the husband I'm supposed to be? Am I being the dad I'm supposed to be, the friend, the coworker, all the different facets of my relationships? Am I, am I on track? And you can worry about that. You can worry about your work. Am I going to still have a job? Is this the right job? Uh, is this going to provide for my life, for my family. And there's so many things in our life that, that we worry about. And it really can weigh heavy on us. Um, you'll see the, the first point on there is there is problems with worry. And there's kind of three main categories uh, that we run into that cause us problems with worry. The first is uh, worry is, is, is unhelpful. No matter how many times I have tried... You know, you, you kind of worry, thinking, if I worry enough, it will fix itself. No, it never does. The more you worry, the more consumed you are by the issue, the problem, the circumstance, and it never accomplishes anything. You cannot be productive by worrying. It just doesn't happen. Uh, worrying's also, it's, it's unreasonable. You ever had something happen and then... The more removed you are from the situation and the more you've thought about it and thought about every possible scenario that could happen, it becomes a huge issue, so much bigger than you ever thought. Uh, You know, in a relationship, uh, you're worried maybe the last time you guys had a conversation with somebody, it just didn't didn't land well. You weren't on the same page as the person. And you start worrying about it and you you don't really know what to do and for you... You know what you're thinking, wow, 
person may never talk to me again. And they may never talk to me. I'm not even going to know who they are in 10 years. They'll have kids. I won't even know their kids. I'll never see them again. Before you know it, this little issue of maybe they hadn't had their coffee is now a soap opera. That you're not going to know what's going to happen. And that happens. It, it, these problems, as we worry, they, they exaggerate themselves. The other thing is, is worry is actually unhealthy. You ever had those just those headaches? You know, the stress headaches? You know what I'm talking about. Just hold on a second. Got a little tense right here. Feel it right here. Or, you know, you can even get back aches. Uh, if you bite your nails, that can be unhealthy. You could lop off a finger. Just saying, it could happen. Um, but it, it causes lots of stress. It, it's irrational. It can affect you physically. And it, these are real issues that we deal with. But God wants to come into the situation. He wants to help us. We're going to look at Psalm 23, which is one of the most well-known pieces of Scripture throughout the world. Um, it's usually in different, a lot of artists have been kind of painted pictures about it. Uh, it's in funerals. It's in lots of different venues. Uh, what it is really is an intimate picture of the relationship that God wants to have with his children. And he uses allegory. And it's between a shepherd and the sheep. And, you know, I started thinking about that. I was like, you know, that that's a great picture. And then I started realizing, like, I don't really know the relationship between a shepherd and the sheep. You know, like in Starbucks, I don't see many shepherds like, hey, uh, how's the sheep today? You know, with the staff, whoa, watch it. You know. um, I, I, I really don't have much of knowledge of what a shepherd and a sheep relationship is. Uh, in biblical times, the person who wrote this scripture was David. He, in fact, was a shepherd in his younger days. And so he is talking specifically from his own experience as a shepherd. And he's describing that this is the way that I was to the sheep, and this is the way that God is to his children. And so before we really understand how God helps us in the midst of the worries that we face, it helps to know what exactly a shepherd does. Um, let's, look, let's look at that. Um, the, the, the first thing is the antidote that we find as we realize God is shepherd is that believe that God will take care of me. And this is that first verse. In Psalm 23. Whatever we face, we must believe that God will take care of us, that he will not forget his children. We must believe that he won't uh, go back on his word, that he'll be faithful to us. And David states it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Those first few words, the Lord is my shepherd. This is what he's describing. See, what does a shepherd do? The first thing is a shepherd provides. Uh, he provides food, shelter, and the basic necessities um, for his sheep. And so as David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he is basically saying, God will treat me the way a shepherd treats his sheep. The first thing God does is he, he provides. Uh, another thing a shepherd does is uh, he protects. Shepherds are on duty all the time. There is, there is wolves. There are animals that want to take the sheep out. 
And a shepherd is there with that staff. See, when I was younger, I thought the staff was kind of because the shepherds were old. You know, to help them walk. No, you turn that thing around, you whack some stuff with it. I mean, that's pretty cool. But a wolf comes by and, well, bat! Wait, does a wolf? It's a dog. Um, but we'll get into animal sounds. But um, the shepherd is there to protect. And David is saying is, it's just like I had to protect the sheep that I was watching. That I was put over, put in charge of. God protects us. And these are from circumstances, from things, from people, from our worries. Another thing a shepherd does is he, he guides. The thing is about sheep is they're pretty dumb animals. Um, which is interesting because God describes us as sheep sometimes. Like in this instance. You kind of think like, thanks God. But then you walk around like, where am I supposed to go? And you realize that, thanks God, you're right. And that, that really is, is something that the shepherd does. He guides, because what happens is sheep, you know, they're all following each other. And all of a sudden, one's just like, there's water. And then what happens is the sheep is by themselves. And when a sheep is isolated, away from the herd, away from the shepherd, the wolves can get them. And so one of the things the shepherd wants to do is he wants to guide this way. You need to go this way. And he helps the sheep get that. That's what David's saying. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not be in want. He helps me become oriented in the midst of what I'm facing. He helps me find my way in the midst of all that's going on as the world is spinning. And then the, the, the last thing is he, he corrects, a shepherd corrects. Um, not just the sheep, because the sheep can also get a little nudge too by the staff as they're out of line. But also he corrects the situations. You know, if there's a cliff, a shepherd just doesn't, well, tell me how that goes. But he, he finds a new course. He makes sure they have food. He makes sure they have water. He, he is going to correct any situation that, that needs correcting. And so this is the picture that David is saying. It's not some distant shepherd that just from, from a distance is watching. No, a shepherd is intimately involved. This is so important because as we, we deal with the things in our life that just burden us, that's what God wants to do. He wants to be intimately involved in what we're facing, what we're dealing with. And that's the relationship of a shepherd and uh, the sheep. It's funny, as you look at what a shepherd does, they provide... They protect, they guide, they correct. Those are also the four things that we worry about. When I started looking at my own life, um, I worry about things about provision. Am I going to have the necessities I need? Will I have the money I need to make it through? Um, also, I, I worry about fear. You know, what, what's going to happen to this country or, or in the situation and, and fear comes up. And so there's this worry I have about protection. Um, you know, you get confused about direction. Where am I supposed to go? When am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do with my life? And that's the same thing a shepherd does. He, he answers that question. And then the, the next is, you know, 
what if I can't get out of this problem? What if I deal with this the rest of my life? You run those scenarios. And so the, the very things a shepherd does answers those, those basic worries that we all face on a, on a daily basis. And God wants to take care of each one of those areas. So how, how do I make... Oh, sorry, Philippians 4.19, I missed that. that. That describes, in another way, these, these things that God wants to do in our lives. And it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. See, our worry stems from not being quite sure this is true. Because if we really know and believe that God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, what do we have to worry about? And This verse summarizes in one word, all. Meet all your needs. That alleviates a lot of worry. I know in my own life, knowing that God is in control. So how do I make God my shepherd? The first thing is, uh, determine who is in control. Uh, control really is the issue related to worry. Worry is not just about that specific problem, the specific issue, the specific stress. Worry is really stemmed to the bigger issue of control. Um, worry is actually a, a warning light. You ever drive your car, and some cars these days, you know, they, the light will come on and it says maintenance required. And that means you need to get your oil changed. If you're like me, the light comes on. I'm like, oh, cool, extra light for my dashboard. You know, I have another year before I change it. Um, or, you know, something comes up that says you need to pay attention to this problem. That, that, that's what worry is. When we start to worry, the signal should come on that says, I am trying to control something that is uncontrollable. Whenever we worry, that is really what's going on. It's not just, wow, I have a lot of problems and issues. It's control. Um, the, the, the idea that, that, that David is saying when he's saying the Lord is my shepherd, he's actually addressing the control issue by the idea of he is calling God his Lord. When he's saying the Lord, he is stating that God is the boss of my life. He is in control. And by doing that, he's recognizing that he cannot solve all the issues that he's facing. So just the beginning of that psalm in those two words, the Lord, there's a statement of control. You are my shepherd. He's, re- he's recognizing that God is the one as the shepherd. I cannot be a sheep and a shepherd at the same time. Because I'm... A disoriented sheep that's not sure where to go. Not sure how to deal with everything here. Just like a shepherd has to lead the sheep to where they need to go. That's what God wants to do with us. And so, um, to, to live with the understanding of this idea of God really is in control. He really is the boss. That's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That, that is the beginning of relationship with God. And the foundation of what it means to be a Christian. In uh, John 10, Jesus is talking to a group, and he actually uses the same uh, shepherd imagery. 
And what he's doing is he's describing the control issue again. When you become a follower of Christ and God is your shepherd, this, this is what it, what it looks like. Jesus talking, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Uh, there's three things in here you can see. The first thing is the sheep know the shepherd. They know that, that he is there, he is real. It's the same with a relationship with God. We need to know that God is there, he is near, and he is real. That helps us deal with all that we have going on because we know we're not, we're not alone. second thing is they, they listen. Jesus says, the sheep listen to my voice. It's interesting, where I, where I grew up, there actually used to be a TV program in England where they would have these competitions of sheep herding. Our entertainment was a little different, okay? But what they do is, um, you know, they would actually kind of have, it's like a dog show, but for sheep where they have to do all these different tricks. It's pretty interesting. But what you find is, is the sheep only know the voice of the shepherd. That's the only thing they listen to. And so you see the sheep are going this way, and the shepherd will say, yep, they'll say so, just like that, yep, and they just they turn. And, and that's, that's what Jesus is describing. It's this idea of they're in tune, and we need to be in tune to what God is telling us. And he's spoken to us through the Bible. And so as we deal with our worry, we need to know God is there. He's not distant. He is real. He wants to help us. But also, he's given us the help in Scripture. So we need to listen to his voice. And the last thing is, I know them and they follow me. See, you don't have a good sheep if he says, I think the shepherd just say, he yip, but let's go this way. No, a good sheep is one that recognizes the voice and then does what the shepherd wants the sheep to do. And this is the same thing that God does with us. He gives us his word, his commands in the Bible. He gives us practical ways to deal with our anxiety and our worries. And he says, now listen. Now you've listened. Do what I've told you to do. And it will go better for you. And so that, that's part of what David is saying. That's, when he's saying the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, you know what? I know the relationship that we have. He is the shepherd. I am the sheep. Let's not get that mixed up. You're the one with the staff. I don't bop you. You bop me. Uh, also, he knows the voice. He knows the way God speaks to him. He knows what the Bible has to say. And then third, he's saying, I, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. So with that, he can make the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Basically, I have nothing to worry about. That, that's what he's saying. So we need to deal with the control issue. That's the first thing. That's the big picture behind our worry. When we worry, the warning light should go off. I'm trying to control the uncontrollable. Uh, second, begin praying about everything. Uh, Randy just wrapped up a series this, uh, the last few weeks. And he's been talking about prayer. And he looked at, in Matthew, the way Jesus told us to pray. And one of the things that was emphasized was there is nothing too 
small for us to pray about. And you find that this comes up really in the things that that are concerning us. The things that just we keep thinking about, you know, those things that just nag at you. They're not settled. It could be from paying a bill to a relationship that's not right. To something you've done wrong and you're just worried about it. And in Philippians, Paul tells us the way that we need to handle that. He says, do not be anxious. That word anxious literally means to be distracted. I told the story in the first service. I was working on this message and I had this, um, these documents that I'd sent to a company. They're really important documents. And I had certified mail. And, you know, you can check to make sure the package got there. So I'm like working on this message and I thought, oh, what if my mail got there? And I was like, I should call. And then I called, the number didn't work. I'm like, oh no, the number didn't work. Then I went on the, the internet and the link didn't work. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to check? And it was, it was as, as if I just stopped and said, what are you doing? You were completely distracted talking about how you're distracted and the message you're preparing about worry. Why are you worried about that? I didn't say this out loud because that freaked people out, but that was kind of the conversation I had. Wow, that's kind of ironic. In the midst of all this, I had to stop because I was concerned about something. That's what Paul's saying. Is don't be distracted by anything. Then he goes on. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, being thankful for what God has done, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the flow should be the warning light goes off, being I'm worried. You know, I'm trying to control something that I can't control. The next step is, I need to pray about that. No matter how big or how small, you turn that worry into a prayer. First uh, Peter 5.7 describes this as well. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This idea of cast, it, it means to unload, to, to let it go. Um, really, it just means to drop it. So when you pray, you're dropping whatever issue that you're concerned with, whatever worry that you're facing, whatever weight that's upon you, you're, you're dropping that before God. We have, we have to move past, sometimes there's, there's a part of us where it's like, you know, God doesn't care about that. And so we just kind of, you know, God, I, I got this one. I'll, I'll take care of it. And then it just weighs on us, weighs on us, weighs on us. God wants us to drop that before him. Uh, the third, the way that we can make God our shepherd is uh, consider one day at a time. Uh, Matthew six thirty four says, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. That's the New Living Translation. Another translation says, you know, do not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that an interesting passage? You know, you read it and you're like, okay, wait, what? You're saying like today has just enough trouble and tomorrow will have enough trouble and if I multiply them, it will be too much trouble? You ever thought about that? Because at first you're like, okay, and then you're like, oh. There's always going to be some trouble. That's how God's designed time. God's designed time. There's 24 hours in a day. And he has taken who you are, what you can handle, and he's determined this is what you can deal with today. Here you go. 
But what we tend to do is, wait a second, what about that tomorrow and next week? And so we start loading it up, loading it up. It's like if you ever tried to, to lift weights at all, you know, and you have the 15 pound, that's, that's where I started, 15 pounds and start getting the shakes, <laughs> fall sideways. That's never happened. I've seen that in the movies, but um, you, you, you have a false estimation of, of what you can handle. And we, we deal with that all the time before God. We're kind of like telling God, you know, I know you say only deal with today, but I got to start thinking about that now. What's going to happen if I don't? And we can get smashed under the weight. And so we've got to consider one day at a time. We, we need to, to trust that today God will help us in the midst of what we're dealing with. And then tomorrow when we're there, he'll help us in the midst of what we're dealing with. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. It's so easy to run the scenarios. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, like if, you're, if your gas tank's on empty, and you know it's going to be a problem, if you don't fill it, it doesn't mean, well, I'm going to use the truck tomorrow, so I'll wait to fill it up tomorrow. Now, you can take care of stuff, but don't borrow the trouble. Don't worry about things that, you can't do anything about right now. That's what God's telling us to do. Um, I'm just going to share a brief, brief story in, in my own life, just what our family's experienced over the last few few months. I'm, we've experienced a lot of just change and stressful times. Um, but what I realized is God has really come through at each critical point and taken care of us the exact moment we needed to be taken care of. Uh, kind of started, we were interested in trying to get in the housing market um, to have a bigger place to use for ministry, for our growing family, and mentioned it to our landlord and said, hey, I'd be interested in um, not signing a year lease so we can have the freedom to to buy a house if the opportunity comes up. So long story short, basically found another tenant and gave us 30 days notice. So that was like one of those big post-it notes, you know, find a place to live. It's amazing. That's in the same ink, but it looks like it's always highlighted. Whoa. Um, I was, I was kind of worried, but I just decided, well, we're doing what we can do. We're looking for a place to live. Now that's been sped up. We just pray. Two weeks later, somebody came and said, hey, We'd like to have you guys live with us until you can figure out where you need to live. And I was took that post-it note and I threw it away. God provided. And we, we began to, um, to pray. You know, it would be really nice before we move temporarily to kind of know how long that's going to be or where we're going to end up so we can pack and plan accordingly. And so I just we prayed that we would know if we were going to be able to get a house or not by the time we had to move out of the place we were living. And so we just asked God, God, that'd be great. You don't have to do that, but that'd be great. You know, we're kind of concerned. We're not sure where we're going to end up if you could show us. And so we were moving out the Saturday at the end of the month, and we found out our offer got accepted on the Wednesday before. I was kind of like, you know, God, you don't have to cut it that close. 
But you know, that's part of part of the way God works. Is he knew the exact time we needed to know. And he he provided. And I'm learning I'm I'm kind of a new homeowner, so this is really fresh. So if I start weeping, you know why. Um, but what I found is is things keep coming up and, and God allows us to deal with it then and there and takes care of it. You know, we had issues with closing, and we weren't closing on time, and it was looking like we may have to get a new interest rate. We may have to start all over. It could be weeks later. And, you know, you start, again, you focus on the problem. You start exaggerating. Wow, we're going to be homeless. How's that going to work? And then you realize, wait a second, I cannot control this. This is out of my hands. I've done all I can. God, will you take care of it? You know, he did. We were able to, to continue. We didn't have to start over. And we were able to get in our house when we needed to get into it. And God does that. He is always a shepherd. He doesn't step in and out of that role. He is always a shepherd that's there. In situations just like that where you're up against something, you're not sure how it's going to work out, you invite God into the process and you see him act. And there's stories throughout this congregation of people that have experienced that. Sometimes we have a short memory. And we're faced with a new thing again, and what are we going to do? And then you look back and you say, wow, he's provided here, 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 and here, and he will. So I encourage you, uh, just begin to ask God, what, what are the things in your life right now, though, the, the stresses, those things that are burdening you, you know, that, that just kind of are at the pit of your stomach, uh, whether they're big or whether they're small, what, what are those things? And how can you invite God into that process? And ask God to show you that so you can begin to deal with it with Him being in control. Um, there's some next steps you can take um, just as you... Go this week if you want to just apply this to your life. Uh, the first thing is you can memorize Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And as things come up, you say that passage. How's that going to work out? Well, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Uh, second, which I alluded to earlier, identify one stress and, and pray about it. Drop it before God. Give it to him. Uh, third, ask God to show me an area where I need to give up control. Is there something where you just kind of box God out? You just decide, I need to take care of this all myself. Ask God to show you that. And then uh, the last, you could read Psalm 23. It's not that long, but it really has great picture of the personal relationship that God wants to have with us. So those are some things that you can do. Let's pray together. God, thanks for your love. Um, you are our shepherd because you love us. You want to give us blessing and you want to protect us and really for us to experience life the best way possible. And that really is under your care, your protection. And I, I thank you for that. 
God, show us just the areas that we've just kind of let creep and we're independent of you and we just want to handle by ourselves. Help us to see the effect that that's having on our lives and to turn it over to you. Give us people alongside us that can encourage us and help us as we do that. God, I, I do thank you that despite how big that you are and how powerful and mighty, you are a God that, that meets us in the midst of all that we have going on. And I, I really thank you for that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.